This is MJ, I love Tokusatsu, and right now I want to talk about Kamen Rider 01, episode 39. I'll mention it one more time, I'm doing my quick catch-up of all of 01, because uh, I took time off and there was the COVID stuff too that stopped the show from recording, but now I'm back to uh, reviewing. And uh, so I just finished episode 39. I actually don't have that much to say about this. This is more of a transitional episode, and I don't know that it's going to be worth my time to really go into it too much. Uh, so I'll want to talk about the things that I liked. Um, first of all, I'll go into the, uh, the credit type thing. So this was originally aired on July 19, 2020, and the writer was head writer of the show, Yu Takahashi, who's also the head writer of X-Aid. And uh, the director was uh, Ryusuke Sakuno, who was the director last episode. I don't think I noticed too many uh, similarities or quirks in the, or I should say signatures in the recording, or in, in the directing rather, that would tell me that these two episodes were the same, other than um, Sakuno was able to make the, uh, the dog Thouser adorable adorable little robo dog that I really dug so uh I don't know what else to say about that um let me get back to I mean look at that if you're looking at the screen if you have a screen option available look at that it's adorable anyway moving on from there uh the episode was called an unexpected outcome and at least that's the way what who's this overtime translated it and yeah I mean it was an unexpected outcome uh, I like that they went in this direction uh it's it's pretty neat uh so at this point uh, arc has basically won. Uh, no, no, I'm not reviewing. I'm not reviewing or recapping. That's not what I'm here for. I thought this episode was interesting in that it did a couple things. One is it kind of carried forth that kingship uh, idea that I had talked about, that I mentioned in the previous uh, analysis, and uh, Aruto like stepping into his his role as a king and like he is kind of on this fool's journey uh, or this hero's journey where he said, hey, for too long, and this was a complaint of mine early on in the show, for too long I have used the company of my grandfather. Hey, I can identify with that. I've used the power of my grandfather. I used the tools and the assets created by my grandfather and given to me by other people in order to do this stuff, to fight this battle. And uh, we learned kind of something interesting, uh, which I'll, I'll just bring in. Uh, even though it is slightly synopsizing, which is that zero one, the zero one driver was only ever created to defeat Mitsubo Jinrai. There was no anticipation of Ark becoming a common rider, uh, and therefore the Ark is overspecked basically, so that no matter what zero uh, one does, it does not have the power to defeat him, even with Metal Cluster Hopper, etc., etc. So, in order to uh, you know, and we see the defeat of zero one in this episode uh, by Ark, and in order to do something in order to, to defeat Ark, he's going to have to go forward. He's going to have to go into this uncharted territory. He's going to have to ascend to this higher level, this place that he maybe didn't even know was possible to get to. So uh, that's really interesting because the um, I'm thinking about Luke in the cave and Dagobah. I can't really think of any other classic stories right now uh, that pull on or that use the hero's journey uh, that I can point to a specific uh, thing. But like he's coming up, he's come up against this great thing that he cannot defeat, and he has to find another way. And we see that um, Izu uh, tells Thouser, or yeah, I guess she tells. It's him, not Fuo, right? Anyway, it doesn't matter. I think she tells the guy that he's pushing himself to a place that he's never pushed himself before. He's expanding, he's growing, he is uh, 
going beyond who he was before. He's pushing past his limitations, which is kind of what that whole thing is all about. I'm not going to belabor it. I'm just pointing out how good and how effective it is. And honestly, like I said, I had criticized him early on, and I got some flack from people as I was, you know, reviewing, and they're like, "Oh, you know, you can't like quit complaining about it." And what are you complaining? Well, the, the, he says it himself in the show here in this episode, and uh, I can feel I feel now like that was all part of the plan. Maybe I don't know, or maybe it's just crafty writing on Takahashi's part after he realized that he did kind of a bad job, or maybe he's being forced by uh, Bandai to push so many toys into the show and so many forms into the show that they just had to be thrown in, or maybe as part of his frustration, like uh, how in Fi's um, Takumi gets a, an upgrade thrown at him, like from off screen, and I don't even know if you see who throws it at him, but it just it gets there, boom, thrown, and then he uses it. Um, or like in Kiva, <laughs> in Kiva, how, uh, and it's the same writer uh, for Kiva and, and Fies, if I remember correctly. Uh, the guy who everybody says is like a misogynist, but I don't believe he actually is. He's just a good writer. Um, <laughs> don't take that out of context. Uh, anyway, um, in Kiva, he uses this one upgrade one time and then never, or not even upgrade, it's like a weapon type thing. Him and Kiva and Ixa both use a, a weapon one time, I think, because they wanted to sell toys and uh, the writer was just like, fine, here you go. Here it is. Anyway, I will continue. Uh, I really, um, I really like the development that Aruto is going to push himself beyond. And then, uh, he, like he was by choice doing that because he realized that that was the only. I mean, sort of by choice. He fought with the weapons that he had at his disposal, which was zero one or the zero one driver, and uh, then he pushes himself to develop it. I, again, I don't want to speculate because that's dumb because the episode's already out, uh, and you're marathoning it potentially um, in the future uh, and I'm marathoning it right now so it doesn't make sense to speculate but I thought that all that stuff was pleasing another thing that I really thought was good was the pushing uh, there was a statement reiterated it was said I think once by Aruto in fact yeah he yelled at Amatsu guy and got him to give a more sincere expression of apology or more profound expression of apology but beyond that uh, we had uh Yaiba reject um, Amatsu guy's apology and say it's not enough to say you're sorry. Uh, kind of, she intimated that you have to prove that you're sorry, or one has to. And then uh, Fua said, hey, you know, I've got a concrete thing you can do to show that you're really serious, that you're truly apologetic. Do this. Separate aims from Zaya. And basically, to me, it was hinting at and give Yaiba command of Ames, which she should have. And she was the head of Ames appointed there by Zaya because of cronyism and whatnot and his plot to control things and whatever. But, um, I don't know. Uh, is this... I, I feel like this is too soft of, re of a redemption for Amatsu Guy because basically when he and Aruto were fighting against Ark, uh, he, Aruto said like, yeah, this is what the president of a company is supposed to do, right, Guy? You're supposed to, uh defend the company and you know be good so it kind of undermines that statement there to me kind of undermines the statement last episode which is if you're not a good president if you're not like respecting the people and uh actually looking out for the good of your employees then you're not really worthy of being their employer and your abuses of power exemplify that they uh, have been caught so we can now, as employees, overthrow you and reject you as our president because of how uh, wrongly you've treated us, and you don't deserve it anyway. Because that. So, it's interesting. This episode, he's not really 
involved in taking any direct action. He makes some comments. He uh, asks some things. He finds out a little bit of information and he tries to, this is a Matsu guy I'm talking about, of course. He tries to be helpful and give input, but he's mostly taking a, a back seat to things. So I don't know. Is he going to be the guy in control of Hedon uh, Intelligence? He could be, but then again, the vice president could take up instead uh, that, that position of leadership, which I think he should do, especially with, he was kind of a, a weenie before, and I, I'm, I'm using that in like a kid-friendly term. So uh, he was kind of a, I don't know, he was kind of a jerk before and like a selfish dude, but he's shown himself to be one more serious and less of a comedic role. Uh, so like stepping into that dramatic role. So, you know, good, good on the actor for pulling that off both both aspects of that character and how they were directed in the show uh, but also um, he has shown like the proper intention and the proper mindset for being the guy in charge and I guess uh, his earlier uh, my assessment now of him in the beginning of the show where he was so upset about um, Heaton or Arto taking over and uh, is that he cared about the company and he wanted it to continue uh, as it should and he wasn't evil he seemed kind of scheming but I think it was more he was just so frustrated like man I was here I was you know uh, Kornowski's right-hand man or whatever whether or not he was I don't know for a fact but he you know put in the work and then this kid comes along who doesn't know anything about the business doesn't know anything about uh, taking care of these things and he's just going to step in and have this role thrust into his you know into his hands and you know he was more concerned that's how I'm reading it now he's more concerned about him uh being able to take over and actually lead like a man like a man should um so yeah I don't know that was uh that was really interesting so I like how they didn't let him off too too softly uh Matsu guy but it'll be interesting to see how it bears out you know how forgiven how redeemed is he going to be and is it enough uh I like the build uh redemption arc for a certain villainous character because uh, it made sense. It mostly made sense. And it was mostly pleasing to watch, and I felt like there was time for penance to be done, and we haven't really gotten that in this. So, uh, Build was a really, really well-constructed show. That's my joke pun, but that's actually true. Um, so, I don't know. We'll see if uh, we'll see if this show is able to pull it off. And I think this is going better than X Eight so far, even though there was the whole you know pandemic uh, stoppage for a little while and kind of screwing up the pacing of the show itself. Um, I don't really have much else to say. Uh, I really love Izu and Aruto like syncing and linking together. Um, to connect him to the satellite Zay and the image that they use for that with the split screen on their faces. Super, super cool. Um, but yeah, uh, that's going to bring my analysis of this episode to a close. It was a good episode. I'd give it like a, I don't know, 7 out of 10, uh, 7.5 maybe. It feels like a lot of setup for what's coming next. And I think it's really neat that Arto was drawing all those characters. The fact that he's in a manga, I wonder if he's drawn any characters on his own because he was making his own Kamen Rider suit. So cool, so badass that... Arc would never be able to predict it, which is a funny idea. Kind of reminds me of uh, Takato from Digimon uh, Tamers, or whatever it's called. Um, yeah, that's all I have to say. So, till next time, folks. If you enjoyed this, like, comment, and share to help me grow. Don't forget to subscribe to keep current with each release. Chat with me on Twitter at MJ underscore scribe. Visit mjmunoz.com slash podcast to find the multiple feeds in which I analyze Star Wars, Tokusatsu, comics, and more. Visit mjmunoz.com slash support 
for links to my Redbubble and coffee pages so you can help keep me doing the things I do. Thank you so much for your time and attention. Until next time, be well. And remember, you don't have to shout henchin' to be a hero.